This is Reverend Charles Fenson. I'm the interim pastor at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant in Costa Mesa, California. This is the morning worship service. Our address is 2850 Fairview Road, Costa Mesa, California, 92626. Our website is pccov.org, and our Facebook page is pccov. And our email is info at pccov.org. We welcome you to this service. Our vision statement is that the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant is a Christ-centered community set free by grace and placed in our neighborhoods to serve and to invite all people into a wondrous relationship with God. God bless you as you worship with us. Awesome. Thank you. Kleenex. Okay. Thank you, Elder Carlina. You're going to be hearing more about this in the service. A couple of notes. Um, Catherine Ambergary, her, her birthday is today. Today. Is Catherine here today? And Jack and Nancy Ross, their anniversary of 58 years is coming up on the 31st. Is Nancy, is Nancy here today? There she is. Congratulations, Nancy and Jack. Congratulations. And Feather Collins is moving to Newport Plaza. Uh, Jane Werner is at Newport Plaza. Is that right? And she's going into room 304. So um, don't flood her with visits, but a, a note or a card might be nice to uh, send Feathers Way at Newport Plaza. Other announcements? Stand and greet your neighbor in Christ. Say hello. Say hello. Okay, can I have you take your seats, please? And we will invite the choir to call us into worship. Would you please stand? Would you join me in the responsive call to worship? Jesus proclaimed the good news of the kingdom and healed every sickness among the people. 
time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. The Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor and release to the captives. Almighty God, you sent Jesus to proclaim your kingdom and to teach with authority. Anoint us with your spirit that we too may bring good news to the poor, bind up the brokenhearted, and proclaim liberty to the captive. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now let us join in singing, Oh, for a Thousand Tongues. have all the boys and girls and youth and young at heart to come forward for the children's story. Come on up. Come on up. Any other young at heart? Oh, good. Good. So, Rob, how are you feeling? What's going on now? Ah, yes. Uh, and uh, so jumping through a bunch of hoops, but I finally got surgery approved for this Thursday. The brake is too far separated to grow back together, so they have to put in a plate and screw. Ooh. So I should be out of work for about a week and in a swing for another month. But uh, praise God, it's all approved. Yes. Awesome. This Thursday. Awesome. We're going to pray for you. And, and didn't you have the similar surgery a few years back? Yes? Yeah. So when you're done with your surgery, you'll look like him. Right there. Nice to see you. As uh, Elder Carlina mentioned a few moments ago, we're doing teacher and staff appreciation uh, Friday morning early at Costa Mesa Middle and High School, and we're giving uh, various uh, things that our teachers and staff can use, and I wonder whether we can find some of those things this morning. Can you look around? Stand up, look around, look around. See anything? See anything out there? Come on, stand up, look around. 
Yeah, you got one? Okay, what, what are those? Highlighters, okay, all right. Something over here, something on the front. Anyone out there with, uh, oh, you got some things out there, okay. Go, go, go get some, go get some, go get some. And we'll put them, um, well, bring them up, bring, bring them on up. And uh, what do we have? See them out there? Go get some, right out there. Okay. And oh, from the choir, yes, here we go. All the choir, yeah. Anything else? And I'm going to ask you to tell us what you have and why you think it might be useful to um, teachers and staff. So, um, so do we have a microphone here that we could use? Right, right on the, right on, right up here. Okay. Good. Uh, what, what, do you, what, what do you have that you could tell us that um, they're going to use? Let me hold this for you. Go ahead. A composition called... It's composition? Composition notebook. Yeah. Another notebook and markers. Markers. Okay. Pens. Good, good. And what do you have? Um, I have a... What are those? Rulers. Rulers. Okay. Rulers and markers and pens. And markers and pens. Okay. And what do you have? Pens. You have pens. Okay. What do you have? Erasers. No, they're not erasers. They're post-its. Uh, they, they look like erasers. They're sticky notes. Sticky notes. Okay. I have a subject notebook permanent markers, and a post-it slash, slash sticky note. Okay, all right. What do you have? Um, Sharpies. Sharpies, cool. What do you have? Dry erase markers, glue, rubber bands, pens, and two notebooks. Wow. What do you have? Tissues and a lot of highlighters. A lot of highlighters, okay. And what do you have? Pens, a tissue box, and... Cards. Oh, Panera cards. Wow. <laughs> so these are all useful tools for writing, for, for crying, <laughs> for rubber bands, and for drawing. For writing, okay. I have something very useful that I use almost every day. What is this? An eraser. An eraser. How many people here never make mistakes? How many people here often, often make mistakes? And this eraser is a wonderful, wonderful tool that we can actually erase things of our past. And that's... Uh, wonderful good news that we come to worship every week and we can ask God's forgiveness and we can erase the things in our past that need erasing. Is that right? How many people need some things erasing? Yes. Amen. Amen. We all do. We all do. So let's, um, let's how many people were teachers and staff again? 
These are the people we thank and we love. Thank you. And we're going to ask you, when you go out, when you go out, can you high-five a teacher or high-five an administrator or high-five a staff person? So uh, kids, you don't know who they are, but you know who you are. So put your hand out to high-five as we go out. And then take all these wonderful gifts and put them in the bin out there and we'll give them out on Friday morning. So let's pray together. Gracious God, we are grateful that we can gather these gifts for our uh, lovely teachers and staff that help us to learn more about our world. And we pray your blessing upon us as we remember that you erase from our lives things that we ask for forgiveness. So watch over each boy and girl today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So take your, take your gifts out. High five a teacher or an administrator on the way out, please. Put your hands out. Put your hands out. Put your hands out. Thank you. So Kathy Rasmussen from our pastor nominating committee is going to give a PNC update now. Good morning. So during our last two sessions, the committee has rated and scored the 70 PIFs, or the personal information forms, that we received right before the Christmas break. Out of the 99 that we totally received before Christmas, the committee has chosen 22 candidates to be our potential pastor. We did receive three more PIFs, and we will rate and score them this coming Monday, tomorrow. These will make a total of 102 candidates that we have rated and scored. Once we do that, we can devote our time to listening to their sermons and reading any other materials they may have provided, like church newsletters, etc., that they may have written. Erlinda, our chair, will be sending out our candidates six supplemental questions to answer and mail back to us to be able to narrow down our list of candidates to about 10 or less. The committee will stop receiving personal information forms once we have committed, confirmed our finalists. After we narrow the list down, we will start preparing for personal interviews. So please continue to pray for us. Pray for wisdom and discernment. We are getting a lot closer. Amen. Amen.
Thank you, choir. That was just beautiful. Dear friends in Christ, here in the presence of Almighty God, let us bow for a moment in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins so that we may obtain forgiveness by his infinite goodness and mercy. And together, we confess our sins to God. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and humbly we repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. May Almighty God have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. And now, if you will stand, we will recite the Apostles' Creed together. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen.
thousands of sweat. Better is one day. Lips 
Testing, are we on? Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson decide to go camping in the hills one day. As they lay down for the night, the great detective says, Watson, look up into the darkness and tell me what you see. Why, I can see millions of stars, Watson replied. But what does that tell you, Holmes inquires with a long draw on his pipe. Many things, my dear Holmes, comes the reply. Astronomically, it tells me that there are billions of galaxies in the cosmos. Theologically, it tells me that God is truly great and that we are nothing but insignificant beings. Meteorologically, it tells me that we will have a good chance of a beautiful day tomorrow. But I doubt any of these opinions match the powers of your deduction, continues Watson. What, pray, does it tell you? Holmes gives a sideward glance at his friend and replies, my dear Watson, somebody has made off with our tent. <laughs> this is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. Go forth each day with a smile on your face and thankfulness in your heart for God's good grace. Good morning. I am Jim Clark, your substitute interim for the next 20 minutes or so. Have any of you had a chance to say, I love you to someone today? These three words can make one's day seem like the most brilliant of rainbows. Our Bible passages this morning are from the book of Psalms. In Psalm 8, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals, that you care for them? And in Psalm 19, verse 1, the heavens are telling the glory of God, and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. The word of the Lord. This morning, I'm going to delve into God's creation, both on a macro and a micro scale. And if you haven't already guessed, you and I are among the latter, the micro. Do you remember when you look through a microscope, through the lens of a microscope, at those tiny organisms in a science class in school? How would you feel if you were one of those organisms organism being looked at by some seemingly infinite individual today. Stay tuned. We're going to take an outward look at God's handiwork and an inner look at our place in it. Pray with me. O oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Open our minds that we may understand the infinite nature of your creation, and open our eyes that we may witness your grand plan. 
We ask in the name of the Most Holy One. Amen. Now let's take a look at the macro side. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There's one thing I want you to note. Originally, there were nine planets. They eliminated Pluto uh, as a dwarf planet, but there were nine planets. The earth is the only planet in our solar system not named after a god, a Roman or Greek god. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 10, God proclaimed this third rock from the sun, earth. And speaking of the sun, God placed it there for two reasons, to divide the night from day and to provide a life-sustaining environment for us humans, essentially heat and light. Now the earth is the fifth largest planet in our solar system. We're dwarfed by Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune. I'm not sure how many of you know all of the planets or not. As planets go, this particular orb that we inhabit is like a tiny grain of sand compared to the pebbles, stones, rocks, and boulders that make up God's creation. It begs the question, why were we created and placed on such a small, seemingly insignificant mass of earth and water? We are approximately 93 million miles from the sun. The diameter of our earth is 8,000 miles across. The sun's diameter is 109 times that figure. It's been calculated that 1,300,000 Earths could fit inside the sun. Now, it sounds like our sun is a massive in size, does it not? But our sun is considered an average star. The largest known star is called the Pistol Star. It is 100 times as massive as our sun and 1 million times as bright. It's centered in the Milky Way galaxy and a nebula in the Milky Way galaxy. It's been speculated that during God's creation, sometimes referred to as the Big Bang Theory, about 13.7 billion years ago, the heavens and the earth were formed. Now the placement of the sun to the earth is a very delicate balance. We have temperate zones, such as Hawaii and Cucamonga, <laughs> frigid zones, such as the Arctic Circle and Chicago, and torrid zones, such as the Sahara, the rainforests, and Yuma, Arizona. Move the earth a significant distance in either direction, and life as we know it would just cease to exist. I'm kind of always at a loss to understand how anyone could believe that it was created all by chance. The odds would have to be astronomical. To me, it's a lazy man's belief. Why even try to fathom creation. Gee, 
I might even have to go to church or read the Bible. Too much trouble. Mabel, open me another beer, would you? The non-believer's view could be summed up by this short quip where a teacher in a schoolroom class is trying to explain evolution to her class by the scientific method. Tommy, do you see the outside? Yes, teacher. Do you see the grass? Yes, teacher. Go outside and look up and try to see the sky. So he goes out, he comes in, he says, okay, yes, I see the sky. Did you see God? No, teacher. That's my point. We can't see God because he isn't there. He doesn't exist. A little girl in the class spoke up and said, teacher, do you mind if I ask Tommy some questions? The teacher said, certainly, dear. Tommy, do you see the tree outside? Yes, kind of getting tired of answering the obvious. Do you see the grass outside? Yes. Tommy, do you see the teacher? Yes. Do you see the teacher's mind? No. <laughs> then according to what we were taught today in school, she must not have one. <laughs> In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8, And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible, inexpressible and full of glory. C.S. Lewis said, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun is risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. And in Psalm book, uh, chapter 113, verse 3, from the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, all too familiar to almost everyone. To try to visualize what this means, go up into the mountains on a cloudless and moonless night where the lights of the city do not affect the view. Look up and stare at the heavens. You will see literally untold billions of stars, small worlds reflecting the sun. I was once told that their numbers are infinitely much greater than all of the grains of sand on all of the beaches in the world. There are 20 billion trillion stars throughout the firmament. Now that's a 20 with 21 zeros following it. But even this panorama with its constellations, galaxies, and shooting stars does not do justice to his creation. Enter the Hubble telescope, which we have on the screen at this point. Now, modern technology has given me a, a gift here. Hopefully, I can make this work. <laughs> the Hubble can penetrate into space 10 to 15 billion light years. 
Now, a light year is the distance light travels in one year, about six trillion miles. Light travels at the speed of 186,282 miles per second, and we'll come back to this later. But that is your trivia for this morning, if you can fathom that. Now let's take a few seconds to view some of God's masterpieces, and I say from his palette, that the greatest works of art on this earth cannot compare, and we'll see if this thing works. Am I, I, I was told to go forward with this. This is called the Veiled Nebula. It's 1,470 light years from Earth. In other words, it would take 1,470 years traveling at the speed of light to reach. I don't go pack your bags. <laughs> this is the Carina Nebula, around 10,000 light years away from us. This is called Westerland 2, 20,000 light years. These are what's termed the pillars of creation around 7,000 light years from Earth. This is self-explanatory. It's called the bubula, Bubble Nebula, about 11,000 light years away. Now this is a distant galaxy, 45 to 65 million light years from Earth. This is referred to as the Horsehead Nebula, 1,500 light years away. The Crab Nebula, 8,000 light years. The Lagoon Nebula, 4,000 light years away. This is the Orion Nebula, 1,300 light years away. This is the Whirlpool Galaxy, about 71 million light years away from Earth. The Red Spider Nebula, around 8,000 light years away. The Tarantula Nebula, 160,000 light years from Earth. This was referred to as Mystic Mountain, 75,000 light years. And the final one, the Starburst Galaxy, 12 million light years away. Now this, let's see what happens when I go next. Oh. I guess we'll leave it up there for a while. <laughs> it's 
Stephen Hawking said, look up at the stars and not down at your feet. Try to make sense of what you see and wonder about what makes the universe exist. Be curious. Now, I, I wanted to put, give you some comparisons. And let's just suppose for an instant we could travel at the speed of light, 182,000, 186,282 miles per second. We could orbit our Earth seven and a half times every second. We could reach our moon in just a little over one second. We could reach our sun in eight minutes. Now the nearest star, which is outside our solar system, is Alpha Centauri. At the speed of light, it would take 4.3 years to reach The Andromeda galaxy would take 2.5 million years at the speed of light to reach. The most distant galaxy discovered to date is 13.4 giga light years. Now, a giga light year is 1 billion light years, so we're looking at 13.4 billion years at the speed of light 186,282 miles per second to get to. Does this at all give you any indication how vast our universe is? It's enough to boggle your mind. Warp speed indeed. One other interesting sidebar. As we approach the speed of light, time slows dramatically for the traveler. Bodily aging is arrested. Now let's just assume we travel at about 60% of the speed of light, 112,000 miles per second. We venture out and return to Earth 18 years later. We have essentially aged 18 years. But the people on Earth, however, would have aged 36 years or twice that age. This is somewhat like Einstein's theory of relativity simplified. Now I know I've thrown a lot of very large numbers at you, but only to impress you on how vast and infinite the universe we live in actually is. So now we'll take a look at the micro and how we all fit in the picture. This, of course, deals with God's creation of man, and as Sharon often reminds me of women, too. <laughs> Have you ever wondered, why was I born? Why wasn't I born in Burma or Bangladesh? Why was I born with this particular skin color? What is my purpose here? If, in fact, there is a purpose, one thing is certain. We were born as free-thinking individuals with the ability to make decisions. We look at some individuals, Billy Graham, for example, and say, he was born to be an evangelist. 
But who tells us what we were born to be? When I was a kid, like a lot of American boys, I wanted to be a cowboy. I personally never ever thought about being in construction. I sort of fell into it. With my first job out of high school at the construction of the Marine Base in Twenty-Nine Palms, joining the Seabees, which is a naval construction force, to earning a Bachelor of Science degree in construction management, to obtaining a general contractor's license, and to teaching construction, management, and technology to students at Orange Coast College for 28 years. Was this what I was born to do and be? A lot of my early interests centered around law and architecture. That point is now moot. Was Charles born to be a preacher? Was Buzz born to be a dentist? Was Kevin born to be a police officer? And what about those that are indigent? Was that intended to be their lot in life? Don't expect me to come up with any answers here. I simply can't. Ponder this. We are born, we grow up, we get old, and then we die. Is that all there is? When we leave this life, what has our presence contributed to this very small section of ground in this vast, infinite universe. Some of us might live to be 100 years old. To us, that seems like a very long time. But is it really? Considering how old the heavens and the earth is, in intergalactic measure, our lifespan is nothing more than a blip in time. So what does it all mean? If you believe that the universe was created by chance, you'd have to believe also that humans were created by chance. Some call it evolution. But if chance started with the smallest single cell of DNA, where did it come from? Thinking individuals have been pondering these kinds of questions for thousands of years. Given a mind, mind at birth, albeit lacking in knowledge, I then try to use logic as I understand it. I simply cannot believe in chance. Consider this. Each and every individual has a specific mark that sets us apart from each other. Any ideas? It's a fingerprint. Now there must be an infinite number of fingerprints, different prints, for the many billions of individuals that have graced this earth and the many billions to follow till the end of time. And how about the snowflake? No two flakes with the same pattern have ever been discovered. Once again, an infinite number of possibilities. Happenstance? I think not. Logically and emotionally, I have to believe 
and a supreme being, a God, responsible for creation and also for the creation of the human race. My belief is, belief is by faith. Now, do I believe God exists because I study the Bible or listen to the sermon each Sunday or even pray to him? Not totally. I believe that God exists because I sense his presence in my life. He is always there. I have mentioned in the past that he has literally saved my life on several occasions. I am constantly in awe of the blessings he has bestowed on me. And of course, the unconditional love without which none of this would make any sense at all. I might be accused of taking the lazy man's way out. To the question, why was I born, has several answers. First, as a child of God, I am his creation. Second, to worship him. Third, to fulfill my potential here on earth. Fourth, to seek his plan for my life. Fifth, to live as our Lord would have us live. And sixth, to love God with my entire being and to love others as I love myself. His greatest commandments. Why was I born? To serve and follow God. My life, even though a blip in time, is nothing more than my preparation for eternity. Is that all there is? Absolutely. And it is more than enough. In Jesus' name, if you agree, say amen. Amen. Jeremy Taylor, a cleric in the Church of England in the mid-1600s said, God has given to man a short time here on earth, and yet upon this short time, eternity depends. In James chapter 4, verse 14, you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Now let's take a look at the micro aspect through another comparison. Let's assume that our sun is the size of a basketball. Jupiter, planet Jupiter, would be the size of a ping pong ball. Pluto, the size of a grain of sugar. The Earth would be the size of a pea. The moon, the size of a tiny poppy seed. And the Empire State Building would be the size of a small, very, very small bacteria. Now, where do you suppose that puts us humans? And who is it that might be looking at us through that lens of a microscope? What is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we marvel at the mighty works of your infinite creation, and we are in awe that you chose us to be your finite creation. As great as all of your works, it is us you have blessed with unconditional love. 
It is us you have promised eternal life through the sacrifice and death of your only son. If it can be said, we in turn offer our humble gratitude, our undying love, and infinite thanks in return. Amen. Now, if you would indulge me, I'd like to recite a poem that I wrote entitled, Infinity. An uncomprehensible concept to imagine when it all began, somewhere in time and space, on display his master plan. As we touch the moon, our spirits soar and dream of travel among the stars. Time holds no bounds, our imagination is loosed. We portend a frolic on Venus and Mars. A giant leap into the unknown, to the far reaches of the Milky Way, light years beyond an earthly life, untold billions of places to play. We, meet, we next meet the great hunter in the heavens, wielding his sword and shield so bold, out of Greek mythology, Orion, a constellation of wonder to behold. We visit the spiral galaxy Andromeda, a mere 2.5 million light years in the past, since time has no meaning in this universe so vast. Sights and sounds attack the senses. The birth of new worlds, a singular sensation, awash in all colors of the rainbow, testimony to his continuing creation. As we continue further outward, we begin to see an ever-expanding universe, a plan from the divinity, never to broach in a thousand eternities this concept we call infinity. Thank you. I love you all very much. Thank you, Jim, for that good word. <laughs> and remember, all elders, all deacons, all members and friends should have a sermon up your sleeve. <laughs> Anytime you want to preach, let us know. We now respond to the good word by offering to God our morning tithes and offerings. Our ushers will please wait upon us. We lift our voices. We lift our hands. We lift our lives up to you. We are in offering. Lord, use our voices. our hands, Lord, use our lives, they are yours, we are in
Let us come to God in our morning prayers. The Lord is good to all. His compassion rests upon all His creation. Lord of life and love, You have called us together in the name of Jesus Christ. In Him and through Him, we this day praise You. For the gift of Your Son, our Savior, born a child, growing to maturity, teaching your truth, healing the sick, befriending sinners, crucified at Calvary, risen, ascended, and with us forever, Lord, from our hearts, we thank you. For all that you offer through Christ, for the leading and strengthening of the Holy Spirit, for our baptisms and growing in faith, for the nourishment of word and sacrament, for the fellowship of others within the church, living in this place and across the world, Lord, from our hearts, we thank you. For those gifts of yours which make us what we are, for the talents of mind and eye and hand, for every opportunity to be of service, for those who love us and cherish us, For those whom we value as neighbors and friends, Lord, from our hearts, we thank you. Give us grace, we pray, to accept your gifts joyfully, to use them generously to your glory and praise. Gracious God, rejoicing in your blessings, trusting your loving care for all, we bring this morning our prayers for the world. We pray for the created order, for those who rebuild where things have been destroyed, for those who fight hunger, poverty, and disease, for those who have power to bring change for the better and renew hope. In the life of your world, your kingdom come, O Lord, your will be done. We pray for our country, for our president and his family for those who frame our laws and shape our common life, for those who keep the peace, administer justice, for those who teach, 
those who heal, all who serve in the community, in the life of our land. Your kingdom come, O Lord, your will be done. We pray for people in need, for those whom life is a bitter struggle, for those whose lives are clouded by death or loss, by pain or disability, by discouragement or fear, by shame or rejection in the lives of those in need. Your kingdom come, O Lord, your will be done. We pray for those in the circle of friendship and love around us, our children, our parents, sisters and brothers, friends and neighbors, for those especially in our thoughts today, in the lives of those whom we love, your kingdom come, your will be done. We pray for the church in its stand with the poor, in its love for the outcast and the ashamed, in its service for the sick and the neglected, for its proclamation of the gospel in this land, in this place, and around the world, in the life of your church, your kingdom come, O Lord, your will be done. And we are reminded this morning from the psalmist that the heavens are telling the glory of you, and the firmament proclaims your handiwork. Indeed, all of creation glorifies you, Lord God, And we are reminded today that you are lovingly mindful of us. Indeed, you have set your everlasting grace upon us in Christ. So may that creative grace be with our session, our deacons, our pastor nominating committee as they seek your wisdom and guidance. We pray for your creative grace in our children and youth at school, at home, among their friends. May they make wise choices and help us find the balance of guiding hands and wise hands. We pray for Craig, for Judy, for Rob, for Feathers, for all who need your special touch. And now in the name of the Healing Christ, we ask for prayers for anyone to come forward for themselves, for loved ones near and far. We invite you to come forward to receive oil and hands of blessing. We'll have three stations. Amy has the medium prayers. I have the short prayers. Pastor Sharon has the long prayers. All are welcome, please. We offer this worship service and we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We sing our hymn of commitment, How Great Thou Art, Please rise as we give praise to God together.
of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit rest and remain with each one this day, this night, in this season of Epiphany 
and forevermore. Amen. I would like to call this annual meeting to order. Welcome members, welcome friends of the congregation. The annual reports are being passed out to you now. And I invite you to take one, please. And there are extras for those who may not be here, and if you would like to take them, that would be lovely. Let's bow together in prayer. Our kind and gracious God, as you have been with us in our worship, now come to us in the business of your church. We thank you that this church is not our own, but it belongs to you, and we have been washed by the blood of Christ and we belong as well to your good name. So bless our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Madam Clerk, do we have a quorum? We do have a quorum. I'm going to take you through this report quickly, uh, page by page, and uh, I invite you to turn to page one and you will see our staff session, deacons, and ministry teams. 
Please remember them in your hearts and in your prayers. On page two, you see the moderators of our various ministry teams. Our worship leaders, our Bible study leaders. On page three, our social groups and their contacts and other ministries of the congregation. I especially draw your attention to the pastor nominating committee that you might be in heart and prayer for those people. Please turn to page four. You can see our clerk's statistical report, including some financial data toward the bottom. And we'll speak to our finances in just a few moments. I call your attention that our membership is 159 members of whom 101 are over 70. So we are an older and wiser congregation. My interim pastor's report is on page 5. And simply the last paragraph, most of all, we have served together our faithful and gracious God in this world of uncertainty, and even when the future of the church as we know it is changing, God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as we begin this second year of transitional ministry, I do look forward to your new pastoral leadership in the months ahead, not years ahead. The deacon report is on page six, and I have a traveling mic here somewhere. Has it fled? If I do this, Philip, will anything happen? Oh, the wireless is there. Okay. Could someone bring me the wireless, please? Thank you, Jennifer. I'm just going to hold this mic up, and if people who wrote reports want to highlight or add to it, they may. Good. Turning to page seven, finance and administration. Anything to add to that report? Good. Facilities on page eight. Anything to add to that report? Here's a roving person. Anything from facilities to highlight? 
We're going to be uh, taking a tour in these next few weeks um, with some of our refurbished facilities. Communications, page 9. Please read those reports. Personnel, page 10. Patty is our elder to personnel. And Erlinda is our elder to worship on page 11 and 12. And you heard this morning from Elder Carlina, our mission and outreach ministry team. Have we more supplies given today, Carlina? Good, but still more to come. Okay. Adult ministries teams, we have um, our day timers that meet on Tuesday, our Wednesday night women's Bible study, our Thursday morning ladies' Bible study, and you can see the topics of our studies. And these are all open to any member or friend of the congregation. Do you have to be a woman to go to the women's Bible study? That's the only restriction. Um, Men will take women. (laughs) There's our covenant choir, their report on page 14 and 15. Treasures report. Anything to add to the treasures report? Now is the time. We're talking about treasures. Rep- oh, I'm sorry, we're in the choir. We're, sorry, never mind. Thank you. Um, children's ministry. Anything to add to children's ministry on page 16? Student ministries on page 17? Women's ministries, page 17 and 18, and their financial report. Bibliophiles, hospitality, and our Spanish fellowship, the Casa de Alfario. If you have not met Pastors Hector and Delilah, uh, they are wonderful, wonderful people, and they meet on Sunday afternoons. So, presentation. Good morning. Uh, You know me, I'm Jeff Leake, the elder of finance and administration, uh, serving my final year, um, and also as the church treasurer. Um, It's my pleasure to give a brief overview of the financial activities in 2018 and to present the budget for 2019. Before I begin, I'd like to thank all of the people who were directly and indirectly involved with the finance team from the counters who carefully record the offerings and other income, to Duane for his excellent work as PCC's stewardship stewardship chair. I also offer uh, a huge debt of gratitude to Judy for her bookkeeping skills, 
Um, the finance team members are Chris Mansour, Amy Himsere-Sabala, Jim Ketchesid, uh, Judy M, Jim Leahy, Kathy Lesmussen, and Jane Carlisle. Lastly, yes. <laughs> Lastly, I want to thank Erlinda Martinez and Ann Mitchell for completing the 2017 internal audit of the financial uh, uh, records of PCC, and to thank Ann Mitchell and Carol Applegate for graciously volunteering to uh, conduct the 2018 audit. Okay, so I'd just like to spend a minute telling you how the budget process works. Um, monthly when session meets, we always monitor the budget activity um, and usually in the summer we begin the dialogue of planning for the upcoming year. Each ministry and support team has the opportunity to present their budget request, sometimes I call it the wish list, uh, to session uh, as a whole for discussion. There are usually several meetings involved in order to produce a final budget. This year was no exception. The final and specially called session meeting was held December 27th, which did result in an approved budget for 2019. Looking back uh, to, to the budget for 2018, we anticipated revenue of $378,885 and expenses totaling $423,797, thus expecting a net operating loss of $44,912. Actual results uh, were better. I hope you can see that. Uh, revenue was 424,571. Expenses 449,649, resulting in an operating loss of 25,078. Uh, when you factor in capital uh, improvement, income and expense, we had a net cash flow deficit of $41,359. The 2018 dedicated fund activity began with a balance of 84,993. There was $4,907 added to that ending balance of 12-31-2018 of 89,900. As you know, you may recall, we paid off the mortgage. We are debt free, but other than the debt, we owe the congregation to all the volunteers who serve this church. PCC remains debt free. So with that, let's take a look. With that, let's take a look at the 2019 budget that was approved by session. Uh, we're projecting revenue at 399,939, uh, expenses at 415,936. The projected deficit is 15,997. Uh, the pledged capital income at the time of the budget approval was 52,976. We anticipate 84,000 in capex expenses, leaving uh, a negative cash flow of $47,021. And that star beneath it uh, reads the offset, that 47,000 is offset by the capex fan funds that we have in our bank now, as well as uh, what's pledged. For those with great eyesight, this is the breakdown of the uh, um, uh, of the income and expenses for 2019. 
I also have it on paper, one copy that you can pass around if you want. Um, so it is a, it's a generalized uh, uh, allocation. There's, there's many more categories, but this is a summary of it, um, showing the 399-939 income and the 415-936 expense. To summarize, the income for the year is expected to be less than expenses. However, capital improvement contributions and pledges are anticipated to cover that deficit. Contributing to the efforts to pass a budget, session elected to keep the pastor and other staff salaries at the same level they were in 2018. Session is always looking for ways to increase revenue and decrease expenses. This year, we will be replacing the copier printer in the office with a new model, brand new model, that will actually save the church about $2,000 per year. We also hope to continue our relationship with the Los Angeles Chargers of Costa Mesa. And, and, and expect that they will be using the parking, parking lot for a couple of weeks during the summer um, with a donation of $10,000 to help us. Uh, we also have a relationship with the school and look to, to build on that as well as probably create another. Um, but there is one easy way that you can help reduce the expenses of the church, and that is by paying your per capita assessment. The church pays a $34.80 fee per person, and it would be great if you could make that as an additional donation to cover your share of that. Lastly, Jim and Pat Leahy faithfully make available script from a multitude of stores and restaurants and other uh, things like gas stations, um, and these are places where we already are shopping or purchasing. The participation in the script program does not cost you a penny and the church gets a percentage of the value of the card, which does add up over time. Um, the, uh, it's very simple to use, and for those who are still going to buy school supplies for next week, it's a great way to, buy, to purchase script today and use that to purchase school supplies. Um, normally at this time, we discuss the pastor's compensation package, but as Pastor Charles is an interim pastor, he is called by session, not the congregation. Sub 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 subsequently, the congregation doesn't have to vote for the, past the pastor's compensation package. As I said a moment ago, it remains the same as it was in 2018. With that complete, I'm happy to take any questions regarding the financials, the presentation, and I would draw your attention to the handout uh, that does have the 2017 actual expenses, 2018 budget, and the 2018 actual expenses. Are there any questions? Great. Thank you very much. Question. I think the question was, since we have a 2019 budget, why isn't it presented with the 2018 results? That's the, the only way I can answer that is that's, that's been the format for as long as I can recall. We summarized the 2019 budget. We produced the results at the end of the year or the beginning of the next year. You can. Anybody who would like a copy of the presentation, just send me an email and I'll send it to you. Anybody else? Thank you very much.
get your question answered? Did you, that, sort of. So I was born and reared in the congregational tradition and in congregational um, background, the congregation votes on the budget every year. We are Presbyterians and we elect our session and they represent us and they vote on our budget every year and we simply receive our budget. So if you are willing to receive the budget for 2019 that session has prepared, please say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Kimberly, did you get your question answered on that? Ask it afterward. Okay, good, good. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for that excellent presentation. I'm going to close by asking Erlinda Martinez to come forward, and I'm going to ask her a couple of uh, questions that might be your questions, too, uh, regarding the pastor nominating committee. And we do want to note that Phyllis Smith is Phyllis Smith, not Patricia Smith, as we have in our, in our deacons. So thank you, thank you. So um, you've had knee surgery, so you're not going to be bouncing up and down. That's okay. This. I, um, I'm used to doing faculty forums mm -hmm. with some notice. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, Th this, is, this is spontaneous. So I'm going to ask you how long you have been meeting as a pastor nominating committee, and what what nights do you, do you meet? <laughs> Where's Kathy? I think we started in August. Uh, I believe it was in August that you all approved us as members. And except for um, a couple of weeks in December and maybe another couple of weeks, another couple of Mondays, we meet weekly. We meet weekly on Mondays at 7 to 9. And we got sometimes go a little bit over um, on that. And you have a representative from the Committee on Ministry, and uh, who is that? That is Doc, uh, excuse me, Reverend Jack Liu. If you know, have uh, been involved in Presbytery, uh, Reverend Liu is our uh, Presbytery liaison, and he comes to our meetings as well. So he's he's coming every Monday as well. Okay, all right. And how do we advertise for this position? Whereabouts can we? look to see this position opening? Well, there's a difference um, in a little bit in that we go through the um, church leadership connection. So there's a connect, uh, a site where people can fill out their information and put it on the um, link. It's an interesting process. I won't go into the details, um, but they, the personnel information form or the PIFs are sent to me um, if they meet some of our criteria. Do you remember all the surveys and the potluck we had in terms of describing our church? Um, we were asked as a congregation what characteristics we were looking for in our pastor. And so those that meet five to 10 of our criteria, in other words, 50% or more, are sent to us. Great. And um, you've received over 100 personal information forms, is that right? Yes, and I hate to tell the committee, I'll tell you now we received another one. <laughs> okay, so 103 or 103, four. I think we're at 103. And um, are these people from all around the country? Yes, every time zone. 
every time zone. And are these people male and female? Both. And are they old, middle, and young? They got to be younger than us. No. <laughs> I, I was listening to the statistical report. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they are um, of different lengths. Let me put it this way. Different lengths of ordination. That so I, I can't tell their age. Some were ordained in the 80s. Some, some were, were ordained yes. in the 90s. Yes. We're, we're told the date of ordination or where their um, status is in terms of ordination. And you're down to 22, 3, somewhere in there now? Somewhere in there. We, we haven't uh, finalized that. I'm, I, you know, I'm in that position as a chair of trying to push to get things buttoned up. But at the same time, I don't want to rush, and I want to allow time for deliberation and discussion. So um, we are close. Okay. Uh, Questions from the congregation. This is your opportunity to ask the PNC moderator a question you might have, and she may answer it. She may say, I can't answer that question. Um, But are there questions? questions from you or comments. Jeff. Will we be able to see the candidates, the final five, or how many we have? Will we be able to witness their character in some way before they are presented to the congregation? Let me speak to that. Um, Having served 23 of these, um, the Presbyterian polity is that the pastor nominating committee nominates one person to the congregation. If we had the top five being interviewed by the congregation, you would become the PNC. We've elected these 10 people to be our representatives looking for the right person for our congregation. What will happen when they finalize that one person? That one person will be um, talked about A letter may go out to you describing that person's life and ministry. That person will come and preach a sermon, and you'll have an opportunity to meet and greet that person and their family, if they have family, over a weekend. And then on that day, you will vote, up or down, all members. Yes for a call, no for not a call. In my experience, no candidate coming to that point has ever not been voted in. So that's, that's the procedure in our Presbyterian polity. That, that was a really nice way of saying no. <laughs> um, but I will tell you that um, there are some things at the end of the process that we want to be sure that everybody has. In particular, um, their statement of faith, um, their link to a sermon, their other resources, supplemental resources that we've been given that we can share with all of you once we reach, reach that one. Um, part of the process with the 22, is to, we determined it was too many to try to interview 22. So we have supplemental questions that we're sending out and asking them to submit so that we can um, look at that. Um, then we'll interview, and the final, final piece that we will do is invite our final finalists, I don't know how many that'll be, three, four, five, to preach in a new, what's called a neutral pulpit. So we will work with our representative, uh, Reverend Lou, to arrange a place for them to preach, 
I'm assuming a larger congregation like a San Clemente or um, other church, so that members of the PNC can go be visitors at that church and watch that candidate um, do a sermon in person. Um, it's a little logistically difficult um, because they're coming from all time zones, so we're going to see how that works out. But uh, that will be the final piece with our final finalists, and then all the materials and that finalist will be presented to the congregation. A note on neutral pulpits. Um, Jack will be asking other pastors in the area to step aside so that our candidate can preach. Uh, the PNC will not tell you when and where that will happen because you'll show up in that place. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. So the way, the way you can figure this out if you're really smart is that if you don't see the PNC in worship some Sunday we'll morning... We'll all be gone. They'll all be gone. <laughs> it's not the rapture and you've not been left behind, but they're off listening to someone. Sandy. Sandy. Right. Sandy, let me tell you that the um, can candidates, as we get further and further down the funnel, are being vetted more and more and will be vetted by the presbytery um, as well as our committee in terms of their background, um, not just their qualifications, but their background. And that is everything from financial report to sexual harassment training to anything pending, their status with their current presbytery. Have they ever been disciplined? Is there anything, is there an, anything open on this person? Um, so we will do, and the presbytery will do as much vetting as we possibly can on every, uh, especially on our finalists. When you get to that finalist point, you really need to, check every nook and cranny. The other is that before we even advertise this position, the session had to um, put together our own um, ministry information form. It, it's a form that describes our congregation and what we're looking for, including what the compensation package is and how much money we're planning to offer. So what we did is we worked with session, um, Jeff was there, on approving a range that we will pay a, 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 a new pastor. It's not printed in the advertisement. We know what it is. And in their personal information form, they have to put down what they're looking for financially in terms of what their range is. So that's another piece of the match in terms of what's realistically we can pay and what they are asking for. So that's the two pieces. But the minimum salary is in our myth. The minimum is there. Presbytery has a minimum, and this is going to be deceiving because there's a calculation that does not include things like benefits that goes with it. But the salary minimum in our presbytery is seventy-three thousand eight hundred. 
what we put in our minimum is 75. So we are above the minimum. Did I see a question or comment back here from anyone? All good? Other questions or comments to the PNC moderator? You guys are about as tough as our faculty senate, so it's like, <laughs> okay, more questions. Opportunity? Good. So right. we'll remember you in our love and in our prayers as the, as the days go along. It's just impossible to predict when a new pastor will be here. But in my experience, and probably a lot of experienced people here, is that summer is a good time that, that pastors you know, depart and, and arrive. Kids in school, so forth. So we're looking at summer um, 2019. Or before. Or before. Um, anything else for the good of the day? Mooney. Mooney is a servant. He's looking for a place to serve. If you have a, a job or a place to stay or you know of an apartment, um, right now he's in transition, and we love him and we welcome him back, and so Mooney is at your service. Thanks, brother. Anything else for the good? Yes, sir. It's been a motion to adjourn the meeting. Is there a second? Uh, please stand and let's offer a prayer. Gracious God, we adjourn this meeting with your blessing and care. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for all of the hard workers on our session, um, our deacons, our PNC, all of our members and friends. Um, bless this ministry in the months ahead. It's your church, O oh God. We give it to you in Christ's name. Amen. Go in God's peace. Have some coffee and whatever Yuneta's offering today. This is Pastor Charles Fenson again, and we invite you at any point to come and worship with us here at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant in Costa Mesa. We trust that God has been honored by this worship service and that you have been blessed. God be with you.